Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting live from the KBEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. Welcome, welcome. Good morning, everyone. We're back. It's live. It's Mortgage Matters. That's right. In March. Maybe we should change it to Mortgage Madness for March. Mortgage Madness. Yeah. (laughs) No, Jim's like, no, we can't change the name. Someone's already (laughs) grabbed that name. Oh, have they? (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to Mortgage Madness. Mortgage Madness. Yes. Oh, we have like like the guy that does the the monster truck shows for the right. fair. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. 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 <laughs> here we are. That was pretty good, Dan. We didn't even rehearse that. Super Saturday. Yeah, here we go. I think we're warming up. Uh, I feel like it, and then you could re- really lead right into like all the little quick talks that they do at the end of the commercial. Adjustable rate mortgage can be. <laughs> like, wait, did he say that I was? How much was I going to pay in fees? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You went too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little number God, that you got to throw in there that nobody cares about, but uh, yeah, the FTC does care about. <laughs> that is one of those things that yeah. the elementary teacher school was wrong about. That a class clown could have talking skills, right? Right. If you can talk that fast at the end of a commercial. You're in a small population of people. Definitely. You're getting paid Definitely. in life. High demand, right? <laughs> All right. Well. Saturday. Here we go. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. Saturday. Oh, by the way, <laughs> you do that uh, nice time change. That's right. Tonight. Oh, man. I love this. Is, this might be one weeks. of the best days of the year right here. Damn, I'm sleep. It's not sleep. It's I love, I love oh. having daylight. I love I like I like it being light longer. The feel yeah. of a longer day. Yeah. I thought we voted out that we were not doing this. We voted <laughs> on allowing not going backwards. Us to go to the next step to petition the federal government to allow us to change our yeah. Okay. to do the not do the savings time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So yeah. We haven't Stopped it from happening. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. But Arizona doesn't count. Yeah. Arizona already... um, They they don't have that. Yeah. And Vegas doesn't count. There's no daylight savings in Vegas. There's no time in Vegas. Well, they don't have (laughs) clocks in Vegas. Or windows. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. True. Yeah, it's always like, oh, look at that. It's sunlight. That must be the front of the casino. We went too far. Don't walk out the doors. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... That's so why they build those hallways. It's like, would you like to go to Mandalay Bay from downtown old Vegas? Just walk through eight casinos. Right. The oxygen is supreme. 
they want you to think it's still 11 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Little do you know, it's 6 a.m. outside. Oh, and my phone doesn't work. It's still the same time as when I got here. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, exactly. so those places don't have daylight savings, but we do. We do. Because we live on the Central Coast. We do, and that means tonight at 2 a.m., we're going forward, right? We spring Spring forward. ahead. Spring ahead, spring forward, yes. Yeah, we're springing ahead. There's no ahead in time. It's so forward. we're, we're going to lose an hour of sleep tonight. That's right. There's a whole hour. The 2 to 3 a.m. hour is just, it's not there today. Yeah. Not there. Well, tomorrow, I mean. It's I, right. I mean tomorrow. Right. Not today. Today is Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. That's what's happening. For those of you who are not in the studio with us, I got us extra espresso today. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just a so little wound up. Be. Woo! <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? I noticed what was missing today was there was no carrot cake, there were no donuts, and I did not uh. see or smell a single tri-tip yeah. cooking. So Dan, I'm sorry. Dan um, is our Lars. You know how like Metallica <laughs> Lars is like basically the un, unannounced manager. He's like, uh, we got to talk about these things. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the band's like just chilling out. He's like, you know, we're not we're not gonna do this again. We don't have carrot cake. Yeah. That and, you um, know, set a new precedent here. Yeah, we the, need to have you know AGM Studios. That's what I'm saying. All of a sudden, keep the, it up. all of a sudden, the band's like, yeah. I mean, maybe we should. I mean, it's should. hard to get guests to come on if we don't have the right These things. accommodations right. here. These things. That contract, Dan and Mike will not appear. That's right. If there is not some, you know, fry tip in the studio. Yeah. I mean, I th- I think I would put carrot cake first. Carrot cake. Yeah, just given the timing of the show, yeah. I think yeah, I think carrot a cake. carrot cake or or. All right. A yeah. donut might be yeah, more donuts. appropriate. Yeah. Okay, you got that. You got that. <laughs> Do you, are you writing this down? <laughs> I got it. Give it to the Bobs or yeah, whoever exactly. makes the decisions. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got it. The Bobs. <laughs> what would you say you do here, Jim? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm a people person. You gotta have those, <laughs> talk to the engineers. Yeah. You gotta have those Americanos in there too, from right. Starbucks. Or whatever. Mm, oh, moly. What right. are we going to talk about today? Well, there's so much, and uh, and we don't have a lot of time because we are going to be joined by a guest in, oh, about 18 minutes. We've okay. got Steve Del Martini. He's joining us from Patterson Realty. Um, and Long-time agent here in the yeah, Central Coast. He has, he's been selling real estate here for quite a while. Um, and an influential, influential real estate agent, both in the industry, but also in the local government yeah, space. Yeah, local and state level. He's, yes, he's been very involved for a long time. So um, he's always a, an interesting guest, an interesting person to talk to. So I'm we'll, going to get him to talk about his first life a little <laughs> okay. bit on the show. All right. Um, so stick around for Steve Del Martini. I'm excited for that. He's probably on his way right now. That's right. Turning around. My, my first <laughs> yeah. life? What am I supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that question. <laughs> so then now we have 17 minutes till he's on right, the show. Right. But I do think that this was a very a very pivotal week in some some news factors, some some interesting things we look at every month, right Dan? Yeah, absolutely. Yesterday was a big um big news day with the employment report for February coming out, those numbers being announced yesterday. Yikes. Yeah, not Yikes. too good, was it? No, I mean it was like not even a blip on the radar. Yeah, after averaging 
I think 180? 186. Yeah. 186,000 jobs added was the average for the last 12 months or so. Um, and I think even in the more recent, like, three- or four-month period, we had been averaging, like, 250,000 jobs per month. Um, all of a sudden... That's a clip. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good pace. Throughout most of the economic recovery of the last decade, uh-huh. I think, um, you know, 200,000 was kind of a benchmark of having a good... Um, a good jobs report yeah. for for that prior month. Which is less than 1% of the actual population of the nation. Right. You know, to put it in perspective. But but, but that was what we noticed as good. we recovered Volume. from 15 or whatever percent unemployment to now we're sitting at 3.8% unemployment. Um, 200,000 was kind of that benchmark between having, uh, you know, nothing really to celebrate to, hey, we... we Move past the two hundred thousand mark this past month. The number of jobs added—that's that's a good number. That that means we're going to start to take down that unemployment rate. Um, so this month, what do we get? Twenty thousand jobs. Population added. of Grover Beach. Right. <laughs> wow, that was bad. Yeah. Very bad. Um, government shutdown. Now there's talk that maybe government shutdown has to do with that. Um, February. I don't know doesn't take a lot of people to oh i'm not yeah doesn't i'm take not a lot sure. of people to you know prepare for valentine's day i don't know i don't I know, know the florist business has got to be nuts i mean there's also weather was to blame another popular uh popular target of blame whenever an economic number doesn't come out as expected or hoped yeah, um, remember when, when they started throwing around the word winter vortex? Polar vortex. Polar yes, we vortex. had one of those this year too. There was a East Coast polar vortex this year, so that could perhaps be playing into these uh, dismal employment numbers for February. Jim, your take? Do you uh, subscribe to the polar vortex? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Now that I'm on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> You look yeah. like you were ready to I, jump in there. No, they're just a bunch of terms that they used far, as far as weather is concerned yeah. this year that I was like, hmm. I no, thought a jet stream. I mean, I've heard that before. But <laughs> the, 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 you know, we Talking about hear, low pressure, I don't buy it. Yeah. yeah. Visibility. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Yeah. I can so, see out the window. Yeah. The, crazy. I've got family in Wisconsin. Sidebar. Family in Wisconsin. Like, I don't know why I do this to them. I think it's just the evil inside me. I watch these, like, national quick blurbs. Usually it's, like, social media quick blurb. Like, we're dying out here in the Midwest. It's like Mm -hmm. my eyes are frozen because uh, it's 50 degrees below zero. And I'll usually, like, set up a tripod and, like, grab a golf club and just be, like, practicing on my front lawn. Take a picture of your feet facing the ocean. (laughs) That's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> but that's just, a, I mean, that's a significant portion of the nation that gets hit by this weather. Absolutely. So going back full, full circle to the economic data, I mean, there's not people going out and doing stuff. Well, you no, know, in some, they're in seasonal, basement. some seasonal jobs may be, be held onto this year, too, because of the weather. I mean, I, I've heard that some of the, the ski resorts are going to mm. be open until July, July. July. Yeah, Fourth of July. July skiing, you know. So, That'd be so cool. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, that's true. Mm. That's that's something looking forward. That you know, although 
I, I hear what you're saying. You know, the, those ski resorts are going to be operating longer, providing jobs longer. But yeah. some of those ski resorts too, they turn into mountain biking parks in the That's in the true, summertime. Yeah. So, yeah. But for those that don't, yeah, definitely keeps some people on board. Definitely keeps uh, snowplow operators with Caltrans and you know yeah. those kind of guys working a little longer than than mm-hmm. normal so yeah i, I think weather can be good it can you know? it can lead to some additional jobs it, but during the time where the weather's striking uh it definitely puts things to a standstill so it could certainly have an impact um we'll see i think it'll be telling next month uh to see if there's a rebound of any kind um yeah there's always a recorrection, but i think that you know we saw even in our industry too february is not the best of months for you know production per se but mm-hmm. but i will say with that in mind the market has started to thaw out earlier than usual i mean i i could say that i'm pretty close to capacity right now the housing with activity. market yeah the, sorry the housing market. it does seem like for us here on the west coast that um activity started picking up in fact we had a local real estate agent real busy agent Lindsay harn on uh Maybe a month ago, two months ago. I think it ago. was just before Christmas. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, in fact, that makes sense because she was even saying that even back then, which I guess was late December, that she was already starting to feel a pickup in activity. For the following, for this year. Yeah, yeah. starting. So it seemed like this this home buying season has been getting off to a little bit of an early start, perhaps rate influenced with rates starting to fall in mid to late November. Mm-hmm. Um it's just it's been interesting but for the east coast getting pummeled with weather um you know big big chunk of population over there um mm-hmm. that uh that, that could be impacting jobs we'll keep an eye on it one of the good um parts of the employment report that we received was the hourly earnings portion um that was up year over year 3.4 percent good one of the best um year over year measurements of wage growth um I want to say it was about t- in 10 years. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that's, I mean, I mean that's solid. It's outpacing inflation. Right. Um, you know, still a little bit behind home prices, but. Yeah, but there's a cost of living adjustment factor there that I think falls between two and a half and four. And so we're right in the right dab smack in the middle of that, which is people should be happy with that. Definitely. That's a perfect sign that the economy is balanced, right? When you're getting wage year-over-year increases. Yeah, we need the wage growth. That's That's been the thing nagging at our economy for nearly two decades. And when I say balanced, I don't mean like, you know, the, the GDP equals, you know, trade deficit stuff, which it could soon. But the, I mean, like industries all in all are, there's not one industry taking off, you know? It's not like the tech industry is just right, going gangbusters. No it's... It's a lot of industries where a lot of employers are like, okay, well, if I'm going to keep you around, I'm going to give you some money because I either either you've been here for five years or I need your skills versus my competitor taking you away from me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that in conjunction with rates staying more or less calm is perfect for the U.S. economy. Yeah. You know, because then you've got equity building because payments are going. We talk about this all the time. I kind of always find myself getting into personal finance, but you have incomes going up ever so slightly to keep up with the cost of goods that you buy on a day-to-day basis, but you also have that equity building on your balance sheet without concern of, you know, 
gosh, is this mortgage payment going to be too high, you know, because you're going up in income. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you're not taking on more debt, which unfortunately America loves to do. (laughs) We do. We love our things, don't we? Got to have it now. All right. It's 921. Time for the first break of the show. Are we all queued up? Ready to do this? We are ready. All right. We're going to take a quick break, uh, take some time out for sponsors. Um, We're going to see how we're going to get Steve uh, folded into the show here. Might be... We'll we'll work it out. We'll work it out. Anyway, uh, we'll be back here in just a moment with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great service men and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328-358. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-473. NMLS number 328-358. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. So just another subtle reminder that tonight will be Moving those clocks ahead one hour. One of my favorite songs from the 50s here, man. Gotta love this song. Does this move take us to Pacific Standard Time? Or 
is the winter the savings? Uh, yes. And then Specific the summer is the standard? Yes. Yeah, because okay. PDS. Getting back to normal. PDST is Pacific Daylight Standard Savings. Savings. Yeah. So we're all right. We're definitely, moving definitely, back, moving back to standard. Standard definitely, time. Definitely savings. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit about the, the employment yeah, report. <laughs> we were talking about the employment report. I get it. Know. I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The headline, right the headline unemployment number, gentlemen, gentlemen. I'm listening. The headline unemployment number um, is at 3.8%. Hourly earnings up. 3.4% year over year. Job growth pretty bad this last month. Yeah. But over the course of 12 months, job growth's been looking pretty On pretty point. good, pretty yep. solid. Um, this week I caught some folks on TV discussing the employment situation. Actually, it was an article. It was an article I read. Okay. Um, it was talking about this idea of achieving full employment and, and whether or not we're finally there. Um, All the textbooks say yes, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think the historical description of full employment has always been three to five percent unemployment. That's that's when we've achieved full employment. If you look back just a few years, um, we had all this economic stimulus going on to try to revive our economy. Um, Unemployment was in the double digits, and. As we were recovering and as we were ready to, you know, think about unwinding the stimulus, there was a, the unemployment rate was targeted, uh, a five and a half percent unemployment rate was, was the level we needed to achieve in order to start to reduce the stimulus, Mm -hmm. um, that we were, that we were imposing on the economy to try to, you know, keep it afloat, keep it moving. Yeah. Um, that five and a half percent number wasn't a random number necessarily that was a number chosen for because it was believed that that was at or near full employment um it was that unemployment level of five and a half percent where we believed we'd start to see more meaningful wage growth we'd start to see um less less jobs added every month because everyone who wanted to work would be working Mm -hmm. at that five and a half percent unemployment level well, where are we today? I mean, it's it's been probably two years, two and a half years since we've hit five and a half percent unemployment. And oh, since that time, we've only dropped another almost two percent. You know, we're, we're at three point eight percent. I think the low watermark so far that we've hit is three point seven percent unemployment. And we continue to see labor participation picking up. I think we're now just below about sixty four percent labor participation, mm-hmm. which isn't the all-time high. The all-time high was, I, I think it was around uh, around 99 or 2,000, where we were closer to 67% participation. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, we're at, we're at a, a historically high participation rate. We continue to see people, even this most recent month, coming in off the sidelines, people we previously thought were uninterested in being employed we see them coming in and looking for jobs and getting hired Mm -hmm. so there's this slack that's present in our jobs market that's that's kind of been nagging and and surprising to a lot of economists i i don't think that um we expected this much slack 
in the jobs market. I don't think we've expected to see stagnant wage growth, uh, you know, two plus years after reaching 5% unemployment. Um, yeah. Usually you were, you were reading an article during the break about, you know, talking about when we do reach that unemployment, that full employment level that you start to see those wages grow up, go up because employers are now competing with one another for the same pool of employees. Yeah. I, but, but the rest of the discussion is, I mean, the evolution of this conversation has changed so much in the last 10 years. And what I mean by that, Dan is, um, Global labor is ridiculously easy for corporations and or employers to start taking on. Uh, the part-time labor uh, force, labor force is growing daily. What do I mean by part-time labor? Someone that was a very skilled employee has quasi-retired, right? The baby boomers are like, look, I don't want to work full-time anymore. But I also can't sit around on the couch all day. Mm-hmm. So give me something to do for five hours, right? True. So th- this, these, these changes, these cracks in the system, if you will, or you know, these, uh, these external factors that aren't in the textbooks that were written 20 years ago are now becoming part of the factor. And I think the other part, too, is you know, you've, got these, you've got this economy that was beat up pretty bad 10 years ago, and people are... Just now, I think, starting to say, okay, the other shoe's probably not going to drop. And if it does, it's not going to drop like last time. So I think in the next two years, I'd like to to compare the next two years. I wish we could fast forward, right? We just jump in the DeLorean, get it up to 88 miles an hour, and go two years ahead. I'd like to see how that um, rolls out versus the last three years. Because I think in a five-year term, I think we'll see an average of these wage increases pulling that five-year term to a more regular basis. But the last three years have not been a reflection of what's supposed to happen. Right. Not only with regards to wages going up, but also the, the, the macro economy and what's supposed to happen. You know, like debts are, well, you kind of alluded to this, the Obama administration on, on the TARP programs, but I think there were supposed to be quite a few things that were going to happen after we achieved this level of employment that just couldn't happen. You know, we couldn't, um, for many reasons, change the, the arrangements we had with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. You know, we couldn't change those things because we needed to make sure, like I said, the other shoe was not going to drop. And we kept the stimulus going, if you will, in the real estate market, at least from the financing piece. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's interesting. You brought up the, the quasi retired, but I don't want to be bored on my couch person. I have my father in law's very much that person today. Doesn't need to work, doesn't want to sit around. I mean, he's able bodied, mind's good, want to use it, don't want to sit around. I don't have to work, but what else am I going to do with my time? I can only play so much golf. Yeah. Only play so much basketball. Yeah. Right? I mean, so. It's, it's the behavioral. It's the behavioral things, right? You have a, there's sure. a dignity factor, like well, that what I, I, I guess, do with my day. Yeah, I, where I'm going with this is um, just the way we talk about full employment is probably different today than say 50 years ago or 100 years ago. 
think about life expectancy now. You know, we're all we're living to 80. Are not only are we living to 80, we're having high quality of life later in life too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it used to be that people would retire in their 50s or so because you're kind of nearing the end of it all. Now, we we live longer. You know, you're not able to do those jobs. Um, and work. we're just going to chip you off well, and push you into the or, ocean or on a piece of ice. Maybe it was just the way you could retire. You know, you were able yeah. to retire. You yeah. didn't have to think about working anymore yeah. to go do things. Now it's, I don't know. I, I don't know. if. Oh, that's another very good point, Dan. I mean, that's it. I, let me just chime in really quick. That's another thing we're not factoring into this. I mean, people with technology now are able to slowly but surely become real estate investors. Not hard to do if you've got the stomach for it. You know, you can have, I know lots of people that have three properties in Oklahoma, one in Tennessee, you know, they've got the, they're online, they're looking at their, their property manager's reports and then they go play tennis and they're making a hundred thousand dollars. I don't year. even consider that person employed though, but that I'm person's s- not employed. They don't go to a job every day. They own some property. So many people. Okay. I mean, in the example that I told you, you're right, but I deal with individuals between 25 and 40 that are making a, like $300,000 a year wage that are picking up properties on the weekend that are in other states. Okay. And they don't have to... Now, that person, what am I getting at? That's yeah, diversification getting... of wealth and income. Sure. But I mean, that person could just not need a, to get a better job. You know, they could just stick with the job they have. And, you know, they don't need that. What I'm getting at now is the, the factor of... In, of wage increase, they're probably complacent or happy with the wage they're getting. They're not looking for an increase. Well, there's where normally we've been looking at the statistical data, saying where's the increase, right? If it's a full, if it's a fully employed market, I just where's here, the increase? Here's what I'm thinking. I'm not sure that we're we're having. I, I think we're we're crossing paths here, but not necessarily on the same road. Um, Get us back on path. What I'm what I'm talking about. I wonder if these numbers, if you know. Th- However we measure them, the idea is that they're relative, right? We've always measured employment the same way, so or, or participation or whatever. So if we're comparing today's numbers to yesterday's numbers, is that even a fair comparison when today employment behavior is very different? You, I feel like yesterday, and when I say yesterday, I mean years back, um, mm-hmm. People, when they retired, they were done working. They didn't half work anymore. They were done working. Now, today, we have people who are, they retire, they get a pension, but they're, now they're taking on a part-time job while they still have their pension. So that's, that's different about today. Yeah. You've also got the younger generation who has a different philosophy about what role work should play in their lives. Yeah. Should it be? Should I, should I live to work or should I work to live? And they kind of have that work to live attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have an economy now where maybe it's, very true. maybe it's feeling strong so much so that people who don't need to work because they have a spouse who makes plenty of money for the household or they come from family wealth or whatever, they're just, they're, they kind of have that same attitude of the quasi-retired guy like, well, I mean, there's money out. People, are, there's companies out there just waiting to give money away and hire people. I'm, I'm not doing anything better. I guess I could work. Mm-hmm. I guess I could. Why not? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe I'll go try this job thing out for a little bit. I just feel like the way we're we work today is different than how we used to work. One hundred percent. Maybe this idea of slack isn't slack at all. It's just 
it's a it's a difference in how people want to be employed today. Um, and that makes it very tough to give a quantitative number that we can then say, okay, we hit the number. So let's just make our adjustments. Yeah. It becomes hard to predict where this economy is going. When you think you know what full employment means with respect to the employment number. Yeah. Um, when you start to anticipate when we're going to see meaningful wage growth, you would think that's when we achieve full employment, but now we don't really understand what full employment means mm-hmm. um, based on the, the way we've been measuring all these years. So it's, we're, it's pretty fascinating. It'd be is. cool to get, speaking of employment, it'd be cool to get paid to figure out how to redesign this new calculation, right? I envision the old guys on the chalkboard from like the, you know, the, uh, the Manhattan projects that are, you know, working out some formula, physical formula, of course. But I think that there's so much of it now is becoming qualitative that you cannot pinpoint a ratio that we have to hit. To therefore, you know, a derivative equals X. I think it's more. <laughs> I think it's more qualitative. I think it's way more of a feel now, and I and I truly believe that. I, I just don't know how you put that out in an article, right? Right. Here's how this guy felt uh-huh. about this. So um, we're getting very, very close to our next break. Before we go off, though, I want to remind you that we've got Steve Del Martini here um, for the rest of the show, most likely, um, with Patterson Realty. Um, really happy to have him on. You probably you'll you'll remember his voice. He's been on quite a few times, but um, we're going to have him talk about all types of stuff going on, not, not just here in the local real estate market, but in California as well. And um, when we come back from the break, we'll introduce him. And would you do me a favor when you're when we go to break, go ahead and you know do the little errand you need to do. Grab yourself another cup of coffee because the next hour and twenty minutes is going to be intense. <laughs> And we're going we're gonna to be happy to have you on the show. So stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending, and I want to thank you for supporting us these past 11 years. We have helped thousands of local residents buy and refinance homes here on the Central Coast, and we couldn't have done it without you. We are sincerely grateful and look forward to serving you for many years to come. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. <laughs> Already working up a sweat. We are live right. on Saturday, and we've got the better half of a show left. Oh, yeah. Better half of a show. If you can believe it, we're going to talk to you for another hour and 20 minutes. The better half is definitely coming. It's got to be better <laughs> than the first half. <laughs> so <laughs> we got a little... I think I... I think I probably talked myself into a stupor there about the qualitative. Derivatives, and man, you're going yeah. into some calculus. Yeah. There's things happening. I zoned out, That's and another part of me took over. And <laughs> I was done talking, and then I came back. You just blacked ah! out. What happened? <laughs> yeah. What happened? What was, that? <laughs> was that me? Steve, right. Steve Del Martini, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you for coming back. Well, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here with, with everybody. Uh, even though it was a little deeper than I could probably go in life on that conversation. But, uh, <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, just but wait. Started, that was you, just you, the warm-up. You started to get to the old, you know, like the old people, and I thought he's going to say, you know, like 60, which, which I'm over, and I thought, okay, I'm going to be in a category with these guys. Uh-huh. May or may not be good. But then yeah. I said 50. <laughs> so I'm back in. And you're like, oh, I wasn't even close. I wasn't even close. <laughs> it, was, it was all good then. 50's nothing. 50's nothing. I'm going to be 40 soon. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know, I, I will say this because uh, she may be listening, but my real estate partner, Lisa Combs, I always tell her, don't get old. Okay? That's just, it, it's mm-hmm. not what it's cracked up to be as far as. Yeah, it looks I'm so glamorous, right? Yeah, it really, <laughs> it really isn't. But, <laughs> but it's, a, you know. One of the beauties of getting old, though, is that you can make decisions, well, you should make decisions quite a bit more efficiently, right? Like, I'm not even going to get off this couch for this. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was, that was sort of the decision today. Okay, well, I, I don't know. If I don't show up, what are yeah. they going to do? Fire yeah, me? What's you the know? worst thing that could happen here? This, this could be that extra job you guys were talking about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Here, you know, like every other Saturday and. You know, you guys could fling me a you know gift certificate to some place. See, I think you're the definition of the the employment slack we were talking about. He's like, I mean, I don't need to, but yeah. I I could. Do yeah. I, 
Eh, do I have anything better to do? Yeah, just from the couch. <laughs> Folds down the paper. Honey, we got anything going on today between 9.30 and 10.30? No. Uh, no? Yeah. You sure? All right. I yeah. guess I'll go in. And, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. The funny part about that is I still get the paper. Mm. And I get laughed at a lot about that. But Dan anyway. gets the paper? I used to until they couldn't deliver it to my house more than 50% of the time. Oh. So I finally pulled the plug what? after that's a thing. Forty years of getting the newspaper, I I don't do it anymore. That's a that's a job, right? The paper job. Our yeah. our person just quit after twenty some years, or she's retired, and mm-hmm. so my I live on an easement off of a, a off of Goldenrod, and um, I don't come in toilet paper in my house or anything. Um, What's that address? He's at the very end. Yeah. He's at the very end. Yeah. Very end of Goldenrod. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere over there. Off Goldenrod. It's the blue house. Uh, yeah, the blue house. Um, anyway, so color roof on that. Got a green door. You get a tile roof. You yeah. can't miss it, right? Tomorrow, Steve's laughing when his neighbor's house is toilet paper and he's grabbing his paper. Telling, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Carry on. Um, anyway, and this is really real estate related. Um, sure. So she retires, right? And she puts out this newsletter and says, I'm retiring after 20-some years. And she was thanking everybody. And so when um, I moved in there in 1999 and my newspaper came to my driveway. And, you know, and so she had to come up the easement, pull in, throw the paper out, back out and go down the street. So then I started tipping her every year, Okay. Seems, so, seems appropriate. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. I mean, Good I don't, want, I don't want to be out there at 2 in the morning throwing newspapers in the rain. So, um, yeah, so then my newspaper started ending up at my garage door so mm. that if it was, you know, bad weather, I could just, I could go out my front door and kind of sneak around the Hug side. Hug the house. That's yeah. called a scuttle. Yeah, That's okay, a scuttle. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, and old people can scuttle. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, then I'd get my paper. Yeah. So now we have the new person whom I don't know, and it. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I went out to get my paper the first day, and I couldn't find it. And then I saw it way down the driveway oh, out on the sidewalk, which is appropriate because there is no rule, I think, that you know a, a paper person has to come and deliver it to your garage door or driveway, well, there, I guess. There darn well should be. There should be. You know. <laughs> so anyway, so that was my story about it. So now I have to walk out to the end of the driveway, and I'm, I'll probably run into that person sometime. And- this is a typical conversation that I have with a person that is – getting the paper but also my dad has the same this same beef but it's not with the paper company it's with the cable company it's like these little things that start to irk him off now you the difference between you and my dad is that you are not retired my dad is just like looking for things to like er Well, I may not be retired, but I'm looking for things to err. Uh, you know, that, that's part of what what you get to do when you become our age. You get, okay, you get to err. You've earned that privilege. You, you I wasn't going to say yeah. I wasn't going to say those words, but you might be right because the things I'm thinking about are like, um, not those things. Yes, and, and yeah. don't don't go. To, you don't need to. My paper, my paper is on my bed type table right when I wake up. Yeah, it's on your phone. It's my tablet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have mm-hmm. one of those. Anyway. Yeah. I started to wonder if the newspaper thing, if we were at a standoff without knowing it, um, you know, because they, you know, they put the envelope in the mm-hmm. delivery there towards the mm-hmm. end Christmas. of the year yeah. looking for that tip. And I'm like, why am I going to tip you? You can't even get my paper here half the time. Oh, and the no. half the time you do get it, it's under my car. Yeah, no. But then well, I'm one wondering would if argue there, that they is need their perspective, the money. is their perspective 
why am I going to give this guy his paper on his doorstep? He doesn't tip me. Yeah. He doesn't tip me. I'm not putting it on his doorstep. You, you need to take the high road. All of I guess so. That's his dinner conversation yeah. with his significant other. But I did. Uh, I had Ironwood. Yeah, this like, one guy. Everyone else. <laughs> everyone, everyone else gets, gets the it. system. Give you an envelope. Someone told me, though, recently that there's more information on the Tribune online than there is in the paper. Yeah, but they limit what you can see. You can only get like five articles or something unless you're a subscriber. Well, you subscribe. Yeah. Yeah, but there's... Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the good thing about local papers is that it does keep you in touch with, uh, you know, for the most part, things going on. But also, there's not enough paper, really, to give you everything. And, and it's filtered in such a way that it's like, you know, like any news, like any media, it's, it's coming through a certain lens. Yeah, you know? But, you know, when I was growing up, we had beat writers or whatever they were called, and people went out and they wrote the stories. Or got, you know, now it's everything is, well, you know, this is API or, you know. It's yeah. all Associated wherever, Press for yeah, the most part. There's a little bit of local yeah. reporting, but, yeah, yeah not as. Well, that's why we have guys like you, Steve. I mean, you're going down. You're Are you still <laughs> as active as you, <laughs> would you say that's right? <laughs> are you still going down? I thought down? you were just about to put him out to pasture. Here. I was I just, thinking, <laughs> This has just become like, this is, sick. The yeah. old people around right. the show There's some today. Ageism, yeah, ageism theme here on this show. It's kind Actually, of rough. you know, I really <laughs> like my job a whole lot. I mean, you do a lot. I was just about to compliment I you. No, I, mean, I, I go in basically I think seven that, days a week and, yeah. you know, the whole thing. So, no, I, I enjoy what I do. Uh, maybe people don't enjoy me as much as I think that I enjoy my work. But, you know, mm-hmm. How long have you been doing real estate? This is my 41st year. 41st year. Holy what do you smokes. like best about it? Uh, what do I like best about it? Um, I like a good transaction when everybody is in tune and, you know, it, it, and you've managed their expectations. We open up our staff meetings every week with sort of that, okay, so what are we really here for? We're here to manage people's expectations. Mm-hmm. And if you do that and it becomes a good transaction and you're able to be, you know, if you're able to expose your value, okay, that's where I think the return is. When people, you know, because I got to tell you, we just came back from a conference, um, and it's the leading real estate companies of the world. It's something that that Patterson Real Estate belongs to, mm-hmm. and I went there with not a great, um, with not with not great enthusiasm sure. to go to this conference, you know. And then I came back, and at the staff meeting, I told everybody, I said, you know, I really, I didn't go there with the best attitude, but I came back with a really, a lot of knowledge and, and a much better attitude coming back than, than going, but. Part of the whole discussion was about value and your value proposition. And I, I think when you win that at the end of the day or at the end of the transaction, um, there's that satisfaction that one more person has been converted to understanding really, you know, the, the, the whole scope of the real estate industry. I'm going to assume that you have some reflection in the same way through the mortgage industry. I don't think people, they take it like like it's maybe not that important or, or we're not going to know what we're supposed to be doing or not guide them but you know when you pull a deal together as a as a mortgage consultant on a tough deal that people are having you know a struggle and you've really had a you know really cash in your chips to make something happen you know there's value there and, mm-hmm. and, and, and when people recognize that that's kind of what i like and i really like meeting people you know because sometimes you're you know you're, you, <laughs> you got them in your car for months and, mm-hmm. uh, so meeting you know nice people and then of course the you know probably the best part is a referral you know, sure. I, I value the referral probably yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. That's very cool when somebody does that. And then you do another good job. And, you know, so. 
So it's it's the upside. It's you know of the market that I like in, it, as as far as people and value. Yeah, the the barrier to entry in the marketplace of real estate is not very high, and because of that, and and the ability to yield good income is pretty. It's pretty easy to yield good income in this business if if you can commit, you know, the right amount of time to it. So I think a lot of people have a lot of hope, right? And there's not a lot of barrier entry. But what happens is, whether they get in and they don't pay attention to you know, the, the necessities of the job or, you know, they, they link themselves up with a brokerage firm that, you know, doesn't quite train them or you get in these transactions where as a lender, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to try to just assume that, you know, or don't know anything. I want that first introductory email to be like, let's just kind of all get on the same page. And the way in which that agent responds to that email or the way in which they help you draft a contract tells you everything you need to know about the transaction, I believe. And so when you find someone, to your point, when you find a, you know, a, a, a group of people that can do a good transaction well, it is really a thing of beauty. It's almost like an opus, you know. It's a, well, it's a well-designed piece of music, and, I, and, and it doesn't happen often. There are not many transactions existing still today where four or five people, right, you've got the escrow officer, you've got the lender, you've got both agents, um, sometimes it's one agent, and you've got the outside parties, the buyer-seller, all trying to make things happen in typically, what would you say, a 30 to 45-day time period? Sure, or even less because if you, you know, your your first, you know, 15, 17 to 21, 25 days are your most important, so you're that is very packing true. everything into that, that two First two weeks. Week. Yeah, and what people don't understand sometimes is, you know, you have your inspections and, and your appraisal, and you guys are trying to get us the loan approval without any, you know, weird conditions at the end that are going to come up and all that. Mm-hmm. And then and everything we work on is, is is a calendar day. And so, you know, if you have 17 days to do something, you really have like 12. Right. You know, and, and yeah, and it, it, it is. You know, I mean, if you get people that orchestrate it correctly, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, hopefully it goes somewhat smoothly. But there's so many things, so many curveballs that are thrown, just, you know, things that you just can't tell comprehend that are going to just going to come up and then they hit you yeah i mean i think sometimes maybe you guys more well i don't know we we, we get hit a lot but i would have to think that people tell you oh yeah you know i, I make you know hundred fifty thousand a year and then you get their employment and, oh well it was 110 oh sorry i thought it was 150 yeah, well you know you what? a lot of <laughs> misstatement of facts or omission of facts like yeah. You didn't tell me you owned these other properties. Why don't or, think it was important? Yeah, I'm you, buying this other one. Yeah, you yeah. filed for, yeah, for bankruptcy I, six months <laughs> right, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fun when that comes up there at the 11th right. hour, too. Yeah, I got it. Right. Certainly that happens. Oh, yeah. Alimony so, child support. It's not people think of talking about these things, you know, but it, it does come up. That's not debt. <laughs> that's an obligation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I, think, I think, too, you know, really what – one of the reasons I love having you on the show is because you have so many inferences with these types of transactions. Mm-hmm. You know, have you had a transaction just recently that you thought, you know, went really well or really terrible? Had and- one, <laughs> Lisa, if you're out there, um, had one really recently that went horribly bad. Okay. Okay. And I'm not going to, you know, I don't need to go into it. Sure. I just like to know that if some butts would have gone differently, you know, I, I, I well, you don't want to get into well, it. Well, no. The, the problem is that sometimes you you don't know. Um, 
can I say this? Um, you know, you, you don't know the conversations that are happen, happening. I, we were representing the seller yeah. and, and, and an agent okay. representing the buyer, so you don't know the conversations that are going on that lead to the questions that come up or the or, or, or the misunderstandings, and you kind of go, how could you have had that? How could this happen, really? You know, it wasn't, you know, it's pretty black and white sometimes as to really what, what, what the situation is or how to handle it. So it's that kind of stuff where you, where you can't def- – the seller says, well, why? And you go, well, I don't know. I don't know what they talked about. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not uh, – uh, So kind know. of an example of when you're not communicating. Or you, Yeah, or the communication coming back to you, you're not trusting. Sure. You know, I mean, I think that you probably have the same thing. That's okay. You know, the, I'm, I'm telling you this, and you kind of go, really? Why? Yeah. How could it get there? One of the things we really ch- try to achieve at Central Coast Lending is like ripping off this this like um, myth or this mask of like oh the lender you know they're mm. they're kind of a pain to deal with or you know I say that all the time <laughs> yeah they, they're kind of a pain to deal with we'll we'll get to them you know don't yeah. tell them that don't tell them that yeah. don't tell them that yeah. we try to get involved at a at a level that is I would say very engaged because we can stop a fire before it starts and. That's ideal, but we've gotten ourselves, our clients that have come from out of transactions that were terrible into our, into our help and still close the loan. But we've seen, that's like bringing the ER surgeon into the ER to fix a trauma situation. You know, it's like all hands on deck. uh, Whereas I think a good relationship with an agent and a good referral partner can, you know, we would like to hear before you go see the houses, Hey, this guy's got a couple problems. You should talk to him about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, when Mike and I first met and, and, and uh, came to the office and we sat down, he says, okay. So I remember that. Yeah. You, know, you know, for me to get your business, I know you're going to give me the, the worst deal that you have. And that's <laughs> right. how it kind of relationship yeah. starts out with lenders. It's like, okay, if they get this one done, I might even recommend them again. So, yep. you know, yep. so that's why I'm here. I, I believe in um, I believe in your company and, and, and the agents involved. So. Perfect. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. I think that's the end of this show. That was a great show. I've nothing left to say after that. Well, well, I mean, there I you got a half it. hour on Jason. So, you know. <laughs> right. We're just warming up, people. <laughs> we are just warming up. We got a whole nother hour of Mortgage Matters and <laughs> the wonderful Steve Del Martini coming here and uh, but we are getting forced out. It's the uh, top of the hour news break, so we're we're getting forced out here. We're going to take about five minutes to uh, freshen up the drinks and uh, see if maybe donuts have arrived. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason, from Central Coast Lending. some mortgage matters here talking everything real estate and economics mortgage and finance value life 
I mean, how else do you want to spend a Saturday morning? Quantitative derivatives. That's right. A little <laughs> calculus in here. You know, we were talking in the in the first hour um, there about just what it what you look forward to after forty one years in real estate, and and you really stressed quality of transaction and being able to demonstrate clearly what your value is to that transaction and to the clients that are involved in that transaction. Um, you know, as I was sitting, listening, I was thinking our industry is tough to overcome some of the cynicism that I think a lot of, um, a lot of buyers and sellers, they enter this real estate process with that attitude, that cynical attitude, because there's so, and I think it's partly because there are so many licensed agents that do this part time. Yes. And they they mm-hmm. kind of set a bad precedent of what true full time professional agents how they behave and respond and go about their day to day activities. It's very different from the part time person. Yeah. Um so in the state of California, there's a little over 400,000 licensees. Okay. So, but in that are, uh, you guys have, have mm, not all. Okay. No. Nope. We've actually converted our, our business now is licensed under the Department of Business Oversight. So okay. none of our agents are required to have real estate licenses, okay. which I personally believe is the right way. I think real estate and mortgage are very different yeah. occupations. Okay. So, <laughs> but so the appraisers tend to have real estate licenses. Anyway. Yeah, they have appraisal. They have an appraisal uh, license, license, okay. and different classifications to do right. different types of appraisals. Well, there goes that whole thought process. No. <laughs> um, no, so there's you know there's this this huge amount of real estate licensees out there, a little over four hundred thousand, but just about two hundred thousand, or just a hair over, um, are are realtors. And so what you have is you have two different kind of statuses in the real estate community itself: a realtor who has a code of ethics and stuff that they have to follow. Um, and if you don't, you can, can take, be taken to a professional standards board and those type of things can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have kind of, you know, this other group out there that I'm not saying that they don't have ethics, but they don't have to follow them as much. And I do agree. Two things is, is what we do here is it's um, the entry level to get a real estate license isn't that difficult. Um, I got mine in 1977 and I thought it was extremely difficult. But, you know, that was a that was back then. And and. Uh, Anyway, so I, so you have you have that kind of mix out there. You do have the part-time people. You, and, and the problem is, part of the problem is when I was growing up in real estate, there was inventory, okay? There was things to sell. Um, sure. You know, and it, I looked yesterday. The city of San Luis Obispo had 60 houses for sale, okay? Total, okay? And, and so if you don't have a lot of inventory, you're not, then you're not – you might only do two transactions a year, maybe three – and it's hard to gain a lot of experience if you can't do a deal, you know. And so you have that too. So you yeah. have this whole combination of things that affect, you know, your experience, your your, your confidence, and all of those things. Right. So yeah, we, we, it is an interesting thing, and I think that that is part of the dialogue is about the unprofessionalism that can happen in our industry. Yeah, you hear things like lack of inventory, but you know that I know that you know that the <laughs> that the agent what do you know <laughs> that the agents that move the needle create inventory you know they're out they're talking to people they're yeah. making you know and when what i mean by this is off market 
transactions. Yeah, and that happens. I don't. I don't truly believe there's a lot of them. Okay, coming from there's not sixty to match the sixty on the no, market. No, but so coming from San Luis Obispo Realty over to Patterson, um, not the same demographic, a hundred percent. But you know, it's sort of the same um, kind of offices, and neither one that I'm aware of produce a whole lot of of sales on off market stuff if mm-hmm. i mean there's always going to be some sort of percentage and you know sure. for that but um yeah you know it, part of our market that's gone away is the entire 1031 exchange yeah okay we you know the, the, um you know i was lucky enough to be you know some years ago involved in a lot of apartment sales and and, and they're just done mm-hmm. you know just because the people can't exchange anywhere you know that you can't take your money to santa barbara and find something or santa barbara's not coming up here some people go out of state, Arizona, Texas, places like that, you know, mm-hmm. where where you can get a huge, you know, you can sell 20 units here and buy 80 units outside of state, yeah. you know. So, but that whole part of the market, and when, when you lose segments of a market, you know, some of us feel it more than others. You know? Why do you think that segment, that 1031 segment is gone? Just there's not, you can't take your money anywhere. Unless you go out of state, then you have a lot of people... Uh, don't well, want to go out of state because of managing, you know, they, they, a lot of people hands on, they want to be able to drive by. There. Sure. I kind of have you that. Know? Yeah. I mean, I've been pitched opportunities to invest in real estate mm-hmm. out of state mm-hmm. and it just feels weird to yeah. not be able to easily and easily is relative. I mean, even being able to drive four hours, at least yeah. it feels relatively well, easy to go see that property. Whereas I don't have to hop a plane and plan a trip and figure out what to do with the school schedule yeah. and all, you know, so that kind of stuff yeah. gets complicated. Yeah. If you exchange down to Santa Barbara, you can have a whole weekend. Down but there are you saying there's like as a write off? <laughs> you're able to, right? Oh it's, yeah. No, the 1031s yeah. out there, just not used very much. Well, one of the main things too, is the qualifications of the exchange, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the replacement property has to be as much or mm-hmm. $1 more than the relinquished property. So you get these college houses where you got five kids in a house and mom and dad are happy that that the son's collecting rent. It's kind of cash flowing, but not. But the kids, you know, you're basically covering your son or daughter's rental expense while in college. Now, Steve goes to list that house at 985 on Cuesta Drive and they've got to buy a million dollar house mm-hmm. with no, no assurance of rent coming mm-hmm. in. That's yeah. that's a horse of a different color, especially when you can do some of the things that Dan and I do. If we get that son or daughter on the loan app with them and make it a primary residence, they can extract that money properly with their tax accountant that they don't have to put it back in the marketplace right. to exactly. to see a capital gains. Right. Well, yeah. did we not just have a huge changeover in in housing, you know, over like the people, oh, the dorms? The, no, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking like the big investors, the, the people, whether they're companies or whether they're individuals, people who have lots of cash and that ability to purchase investment property, real estate. Wasn't there a lot of that activity from 2009, 10, 11, 12? You're saying the cycle. And so I'm saying there's a cycle. There was a huge sure. turnover where, where all of these investment properties were just acquired. They haven't run out of their depreciation allowance on, you know, that's a 30-year allowance there for depreciation on on uh, investment property. You've got all your mortgage interest you're still paying and able to write off. I mean, usually you'll see those turnover in investment properties because they've reached the end of their tax benefits, um, you know, after... 30 years or whatever the mortgage is paid off. Yeah. Conceivably. But mm-hmm. so but does, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be, be buying at, at the low side and then, you know, not that you can predict the upside, but 
um, you know, the, 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 kind of the problem is, yes, you have a lot of investment money coming in, all cash buyers, and, and, and it's knocking out really your, your, your local buyer in, in a lot of cases. So yeah, you, you have that. But um, but then the prices get to a point where, you know, like Mike was just saying, where it really doesn't anymore. You know, the rent does because you have to pay a million dollars, so you're paying, you know, 1500 a month just in property taxes alone or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, you know, yep. the bonds and stuff on it. Yep. So at some point it doesn't even for the investor – Paying all cash doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and these Delaware syndications are also part of it too now, right? It's almost like getting your money and putting it into a fund. Yeah, and and there there were, in in the downturn, you know, there were companies coming in and buying entire tracts of homes. And so there's there's this whole inventory of homes in the United States that are used as rental. Mm-hmm. Um, that should have been at one point in time put out to the market for sale product. And, Interesting. You know, so you have you know you have companies that own that's 30, like cannibalization, 30, like a BlackRock or what was the big? Um, yeah, I don't remember. I think it name. was yeah, it was something like that. But yeah, they would go in and they would buy you know two hundred homes in a track mm-hmm. and then you know finish them out and rent them. And so there's there's this this whole inventory out there that you know. Probably not going to be broken loose. So what's the majority, if if 1031s and those investment property exchanges and purchases aren't occurring, what's the market primarily made up of today? Just, uh, you know, single-family residential buyers and sellers. Just primary occupants? Yeah. A lot of that? Yeah. You know, and there's a certain amount of investment still out there. I don't want to lead people. But they're holding. But but they're holding. Yeah. You you just don't, you know, you don't have it. And, 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 again, when I was growing up, kind of the move-up buyer was the condo to the house and then you know, the, the person that was the 1,200 square foot moving up to the 1,800 square foot. You know, we had this national progression. You had people that really sort of sold in a three to five, five to seven year period all the mm. time. Mm-hmm. Now you look and people, you know, they're, they're holding on to the house for 17, 18 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's all different. And I think part of that whole thing is Prop 13 and not wanting to increase your tax base. Mm-hmm. And people, Definitely. You know, the, the whole Prop 5 thing that we just went the whole Prop 5 thing that we just went through. You know, with trying to be able to transfer your, you know, your, your tax base anywhere, you know, Which in California. Which was not successful. Stuff. It was not. It'll come back around and they're going to yeah. make some changes. But, you know, there's a whole, yeah, all of that just plays into our, our markets. And there's a lot of it that people, you know, they don't understand or, you know, so. So much of what you deal with, you know, because you you typically are the tip of the spear with regards to switching over properties, you know, having the discussion is motivation, mm-hmm. right? How motivated are people right now that have had equity in the last five years in their house to sell it and buy something else? You know, I, I would think that there's probably, if I really thought about it, probably more motivation in, in that group because of a couple of things. Uh, first of all, the, the, probably the, the deterrent and I think the surprising not upswing of, of interest rates. So, you know, you've got this whole world out there. Cost the of last, capital is low. Yeah. So you've got, a, you know, you've got this whole group of people from seven years ago or eight years ago that never saw an interest rate over 4% or maybe even over 35 Sure. And so it starts to creep up and they freak out. But these people are also already paying the higher taxes. So they're more of a lateral move into a nicer property maybe or move up a little bit okay. and it doesn't hit them so hard, Okay. you know, as their tax base. Um, you know, and, 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 and a lot can absorb if they were at a 3.5% and now they're going to 3.75 or, mm-hmm. you know, just under 4. It's not a huge thing. You know, but there's a certain group of people that at three and a quarter can't, you know, got bumped because it went to four mm-hmm. or, or, or a little over. But, yeah. You know, so. What about the, like, okay, we're on a nine-year bull run, you know. People are flush, 
fat with cash. Are you seeing more people saying, hey, Steve, maybe I want to buy a, you know, a second home? I'm not, no, I'm not seeing that a whole lot. I think there's always a certain a You're not seeing that in, in our market, yeah. per and, se. And I, you know, my, my okay. market is really San Luis, South, you know, Rio Grande, Pismo, Shell, you know, those ty- you know, some of those areas. Um, so, I, you know, so I'm, I'm not really countywide. I don't know gotcha. what's going on in Paso or some of these other areas. That's another quick plug just for you. I mean, how many agents now are, you know, can say that they know that like they're this area? You know, most yeah. agents I talk to, I'll go anywhere. Yeah, wherever you, well, you want to go. Okay. Mean, you, you know, you and, and I did. Southern Santa Monterey County. Oh, yeah. No, I was. Oh. Well, you, know, you see, also our, our multiple listing service is, is it's not, it, it's statewide for the people that, that you know, buy into the the matrix system or the multiple system, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the, the CCRMLS. Um, so you, you get people that are statewide, and I think there's over that 90,000 people that are now part of that multiple listing service, and that brings people. We, over the last, I'm going to say three years, five years, you know, we see it, there is, there's a lot of people that come in and can list a property in San Luis that live in, Southern California, Northern California, the San Joaquin Valley, mm-hmm. you know, because they just join our, it, 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 our, our multiple. So it's become statewide. So, you know, it's not just regional, regional growth. There's statewide growth. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you have to put up. With. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do, Steve. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. When we come back, I want to get into that other part of your mind that talk that deals with all the local municipality stuff, dealing okay. with, you know, zoning, dealing with uh, things on the horizon right. and how it affects our listeners. So you guys stick around for more Mortgage Matters. We'll be right back. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328-358. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending, and I want to thank you for supporting us these past 11 years. We have helped thousands of local residents buy and refinance homes here on the Central Coast, and we couldn't have done it without you. We are sincerely grateful and look forward to serving you for many years to come. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. 
Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328-358. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. for that inevitable time change tonight. Don't forget. So I have a question. If if you don't do the time change. Yeah. Okay. So is it lighter longer all the time or darker longer all the time? Well, we've established that we're about to enter standard time. So standard time is the time where you get a little more daylight later in the evening. Okay, so Mike, so if we no, didn't, that's not correct. If we didn't do our time change, we would stay with the later light. Okay. okay. I think See, the, I like the later I think, light. I think yeah. the true question is, what is time? <laughs> Man, all right. Well, buckle <laughs> okay. up. This I is thought, the next I thought with the soundtrack, minutes. I thought with the soundtrack we were going to start asking What is time? Questions. Is time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anyone more qualified to answer that question than you Floyd. two gentlemen. Here. Uh, I'll, I'll answer it. <laughs> the, the answer to that is it's something I know not what. Ah. Uh, there you go. Okay. Indubitably. Yeah. Uh, head scratcher. There you go. Okay. But that could be the answer to a lot of things. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. All right. Well. It, it's time to move on. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Yeah, so Steve, Steve, uh, really enjoy having you on the show. Not because you know you're so comfortable in the chair and talking about what you do, but you know the amount of engagement you have with the community, both on the local and you know, shall I say, legal level? I don't know. To a certain how, degree, what do you call this? It. Is it legal or is it? It's more policy, right? The policy level. There's a uh, you know, so coming. We're going to the uh, California Association of Realtors business meetings three times a year. You know, a lot of that for me is legal just for risk management in, in the company uh, at Patterson Real Estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that. The policy level is a lot more local because y- y- there's too much policy out there to try to follow. Okay. I mean, you know, up and down the state, it's just crazy. What we do learn is that, you know, something happening in Northern California that has a detriment a detrimental effect to real estate um, is going to trickle down and be tried in, in, in your locale or this locale at some point. Okay? Sure. It may be a year, maybe six months, you know, but it, anything that's working someplace is going to get tried somewhere in, in else. In one of the 58 Yeah, counties. you know, so yeah, exactly. So you yeah. kind of, that's, that's the preparation, you know, so Surely policy, they pass over our county with the topography and the coastal, right? We're exempt sure, from yeah, this. Yeah, we are. We are San Luis Obispo. So, yes, we, we're, we're the only city, yeah, that's You can out. stay if you pay for your hotel fee. That's right. 
Otherwise, move on down. That's right. So yeah. the the involvement at the state level is that an elected position that you um, hold appointed or? at some point. I'm on the uh, what's called the, the the defense strategy advisory committee, which is an appointment by the you know the CAR leadership. It's a three year appointment. Mm. Um, so that's an appointment. Everything else you can volunteer to be on a committee, whether you know whatever that committee. Uh, maybe it's something of your liking. It can be an environmental. Um, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just they're uh, um, a, a number of committees that meet, and there's something that probably can uh, pique your interest. So you can um, uh, put your name in for those and, and be on committees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are also selected appointments. Uh, we have a region. We're Region 31 in the California Association of Realtors family. And so there's regional appointments, there's local appointments by the local associations mm-hmm. for people to mm-hmm. attend and attend certain meetings, and then they report back. There's a regional level, then there's the state level. So. That's That was going to be my next question. Yeah. With you, with your involvement, do you then report back to only Patterson Realty, or no, are you, reporting back, you it, are reporting back to a regional Well, well to a certain degree, that's, that's probably the, the most frustrating part about... Um, Coming back with information is the dissemination of infor- of information uh, to all of the members in our region. Sure. Um, so uh, you know that want to listen. That want yeah you know and you, so within the region itself we have a we have a, a, a caucus meeting every night at these meetings and we all inform everybody what happened at our you know at our committee local government relations or again environmental or any one of the you know there, there's probably about twenty committees you could be a part of. Um, and, and so we report back to us, and then that's supposed. Then we do reports, and then those get sent out, you know, to all of the associations. Someone's got to read them, and I think some people do. But the frustrating part is then bringing back our knowledge and disseminating to all the other offices in town or all the members. And um, um, I will tell you that uh, Wilson and Company, Linda Wilson's office, mm-hmm. uh, has invited um, us to her staff meetings. Um, to bring back this information, which I think is pretty valuable. And, 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 and quite honestly, and, and, and this is known, it's, you know, some people look at it as, you know, that we're, that's a recruiting effort, mm. you know, and, and it's just an information right. dissemination Just because thing. you're, yeah. you so work for a different a, company and you're in their yeah. office, now you're recruiting. Yeah, yeah to a certain degree, and I, well, I, I think they're getting past that. Do you, I mean, I imagine yeah. there's there's a weekly MLS meeting. Are you, is that yeah. another opportunity to well, share? Well, it is, and, but, but the thing is, is you have, you know, this, Basically, the same thirty or forty agents show up for that, or brokers. That's correct. You know, so you don't. So unless they take it and share and, it with and, their yeah, group, yeah, yeah. And, and there's a the copious point. amount of data and just flowing at them in that meeting. And by by being involved at the state level, it gives you a broader view. It allows Certainly. you to see what's maybe you know what ideas are forming and coming yep. coming in the future. Right. So you can kind of anticipate yeah. things. And and the big thing right now are uh, transfer taxes are are, are being challenge through ordinances up and down the state as far as increasing them. Um, I, I have a feeling that people just don't realize how many, how much transfer tax are in other areas. For instance, uh, Berkeley, you know, I think their minimum starts at like $15 per thousand in transfer tax. You know, our county is a dollar ten. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. And we need to protect that. $15. Okay. And let's, let's well, talk about they, what they, a transfer tax is. Um, yes. A transfer tax is you pay a dollar ten per thousand on the sales price of the property and it goes into the county coffers and distributed from there. So okay. that's right. just another So it's like a sales tax on the, the sale a of a home. Degree. Yeah. Okay. But 
for instance, uh, you know, I'll take Berkeley again. They have step ups because prices are so different. That would make you sense. Know, marginal. You know, so, so yeah, zero to a million, you pay so much. A million to a million five, and a million five above, you have different incremental levels of, of, of county transfer tax. So, well, we've seen some municipalities <laughs> where there's a, both a, a county and a city transfer I've tax. I've never seen a city tax. We've so. seen, I've seen it once, yeah. and, it, and we messed it up, so we ended up paying for it because that's the way the... Trid. That's the way the Thank mortgage world works no, now. That's the way the real estate, yeah. If you we mess up. up a disclosure, yep. we pay for it. Yep. You have to be no, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no room for mistakes in the old real estate world. Some room. Not that line. <laughs> yeah. no, I, can't, I, I would hate to add up the... Uh, the amount of money I've had to pay on escrows just to clean up things for, you know, there is a saying, you know, money solves all problems as far as in our industry. You know, you throw enough money at something and it'll, that problem will go away. So, so is know. there an effort at the state level yeah. to standardize it across all counties or no. just? No, it's just it's, it's a reporting thing um, so that, you, you, you know, it, it'll happen here and then it'll happen down at, you know, in Anaheim and, you know, then it'll be over in Fresno or. Madera, you know, all of a sudden, uh, these places will start to catch on that, that, you know, all cities basically need money. Okay. Okay. They're all looking for a way to pay their unfunded liabilities, their pensions, all of these yep. things that are That's adding right. up. And so they're, they're, they're coming at all angles to try to get some money in their coffers in a general fund and not in a specific fund, because if it's specific, it can only go towards that. So, and the general fund only takes, you know, 50 plus 1% vote. Right. Uh, specific takes, you know, the 66. Two thirds. Yeah, the two thirds, you know. So there's a lot of that going on. So, you know, we have, okay, so we have the transfer tax. There's something going up and down the state being tried. Um, their uh, rent control is, is, is everywhere. I think maybe you've seen, you know, Oregon just became a rent control state. I saw that. Okay. But, you know, the interesting part about that is I don't, you know, it's a 7%. Um, it's 7% on top of some CPI or something. Mm-hmm. So Some kind of inflation. Yeah, index. you know, so it's actually right now it'd be about a, a you know, 10% increase per year. And, and I think a lot of people could live with that. Uh, as far as the, 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 the property the owners? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, That's a healthy it, increase yeah. if you so, were you know, actually imposing this, that. You know, it came out like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And if you look at it, you go, well, hell, you know, uh, mobile home parks here at 10% increase. You know, that's yep. their maximum. And, yep. you know, so, but they're rent control too. That's why you don't see any more mobile home parks being built. And typically, the expenses stay fixed more yep. or less. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. So rent rent control is another popular topic at the state very level. Very popular, yeah. And in fact, it was you know defeated you know in a statewide election you mm-hmm. know back in November. So I don't think it's popular so much in California, um, but it, it's it's on everybody's radar. They battle it in northern and southern California on an annual basis. I mean, those really, metropolitan areas. It's a huge, huge, yeah. huge debate. Um, Tahoe just had. Mm. Um, they, I, I'm going to have some of these numbers incorrect, so these will all be approximates. But I think it was 60 percent of the homes in, in in South Lake Tahoe or someplace were um, VRBOs, mm-hmm. and um, so the people that live there said, you know, we're tired of all this, and they actually got it turned so that they're. I don't think they have VRBOs there now. Holy so you, you know, so you well, can turn entire economies. So my mom's pretty in tune with that. She lives up in Sacramento <coughs> and. She she told me about that um, okay. change, and then we ended up talking about man, that's that's gonna. There's a lot of businesses that aren't happy about it. I get that the the full time residents, you know, they want the quality of neighborhood, yep. and yes. they don't want all these transient people in and out all the time. They want to have real neighborhoods, and I I understand that. Mm-hmm. But there's so much of that Tahoe business community that relies on tourism, and they're like, wait a second, 
if you get rid of the Airbnb market, there's going to be a lot of people mm-hmm. that don't come and vacation here. That's going to yeah. impact business. Yeah. Um, you know, there were my I, we have some family friends that own the Airbnb mm-hmm. property in South Lake Tahoe, and they're they're ready to sell now because yeah. that opportunity's gone. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have mass selling in a, in a small area, that could affect that local market. Well, you know, in, but in it that, sounds like they're going to challenge that in court. There's well, enough. Yeah, there's enough people that own, like you said, sixty percent of those homes are Airbnb. Yeah, it's, um, it's a large. The challenge is the first first best strategy. They're right? going to challenge it in court. Sure. And when and is it applicable? So it's it all applicable? it's all on hold right yeah. now. Yes, yeah. perfect. So, I mean, you know, so but and and, and then you know, there. Um, I, I'm also on a, a government uh, relations forum. Because um, it's it's kind of in tune statewide what I do here as far as you know try to be a participant in in local policy and procedure, um, and I just forgot where I was going with that whole comment. Okay, what were you talking about? Well, we were talking about the Airbnb <laughs> yeah. and how Tahoe's uh, you know debating oh, the okay. whole idea right. of whether okay. to have it or not. Okay, so in some of these areas uh, in in California um, where. Uh, realtors think they need to fight a, an ordinance to protect the consumer to a certain degree. You know, it's costing $350,000, $400,000 to go out there and put, a, you know, put on a campaign against something, against rent control in your community, mm-hmm. if that's what you feel like you should be doing. And so you have not only California Association of Realtors, you know, maybe funding fifty or 75000 We now have the National Association of Realtors also funding, you know, in some cases, you know, six figures to these local communities to fight whatever might be a detriment as far as what they perceive to be personal, uh, you know, property rights. Mm. And so that, that's a big thing. And then, you know, the associations go out and raise money, but it's, you know, but you have to pull the realtors in that community together and get a couple hundred of them in tune to go to meetings and stand on the corners with signs and say no on whatever. And, you know, that, that in itself is, is a problem is to kind of, is to unite realtors Sure. In your area, everybody doesn't mind writing a check for twenty five bucks, but they don't want to go to a meeting or you know. So it, it's right. a huge. It, the efforts out there are phenomenal, and the people, even if they win or lose, there was a huge effort in South Lake Tahoe by the realtors. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it was a it was a NAR funded, and you know, and, and and it didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. But in support of the vacation rental, yeah, or? in support of the vacation rental. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's interesting to see kind of up and down the state what everybody does. Smaller communities have the same problem as larger communities, and that's just a relative number to fight things if, if that's what you think you should be doing. Yeah, We were talking a little bit about um, ADUs and, yes. and the tiny home movement mm-hmm. as well. Is that something that's being talked about? Yeah, the, the tiny home ordinance was, was approved and just went into effect about, I'm going to say, in the last five days. So you can have – the way I understand it, so everybody out there, you can you can go online and look it up at the city to see if I'm – even close. I think I'm close. So you can have a tiny home that can be moved onto the property. Uh, the interesting part about the tiny home uh, discussion and ordinance was that uh, they came, they being the city council planning commission or the powers that be in San Luis, said that you can um, have a tiny home constructed in your backyard, uh, but it has to have the wheels and things like that. There's also part of the ordinance that said it was supposed to be brought in, you know, towed in and towed out. So there mm-hmm. was a lot of discussion then if you can actually construct a tiny home in your backyard versus buying one, putting it behind, you know, your, your vehicle and towing it in. Then uh, the first round didn't have really uh, any good energy standards with it. So there was a small group that went to the city and said, okay, if you're going to be able to construct it, then we have to have some kind of energy standards with this, you know, not going to the, 
Title 24 by any means, but more energy standards than most tiny homes come with. So the the council agreed and adopted that and, and did the tiny home. So you can have a tiny home now. Um, um, In addition to your primary yeah, residence. But the thing is, is what you have to understand is they're not permanent residents. So Correct. The, the city... Uh, every three to five years can come in. It's kind of like being on a use permit, and they can say, no, you know, your, your tiny home and what you've done is causing problems or whatever it may be, and, and they can actually have you move it. So it's not people can't look at a tiny home situation as a permanent source of income as far as a rental. My, my personal opinion is that that's not going to be a huge player in our market. I think there's a certain amount of people that will jump on that bandwagon. There's a mm-hmm. certain amount of people that would like to live in a tiny home because they're, they're, they're very adequate as far as living standards. And I just don't think it's going to really be a whole lot of influence in our neighborhoods or, or at the city level. Um, I think a, people start kicking to. around the idea of, uh, I mean, this is what I've experienced in the marketplace is that the tiny home is an access to more potential income and, and, or when mom and dad come to visit, let's right. just throw them in the tiny home. Um, but you know, Make no mistake, I think this, the, the municipalities are setting this up correctly because if it does become quite popular, mm-hmm. the ability now to revoke or rewrite that law is already written into this law because it cannot be permanently affixed to a foundation. It must be almost like a motor vehicle. Right. It, well, and it's it, personal property, not, right. not real property. Motor, motor vehicle codes. And, yeah. And, I mean, it went down So they to, can just wipe them out. They can. They can, they can just. But you have to have air in your tire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that um, another riddle? Are you no, you just do. You can't mm-hmm. move it without uh, airing your tires. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it got Steve down, the Riddler Del Martini. I mean, it got down to do you need to screen yeah. the wheels? And, you know, like, so the ordinance was. Well, most of them can live off the grid, no problem, right? I mean. No, you have to have a You have to be tied into the sewer. You have to have electrical. You have to have, you know, got to be able to uh, somehow flush and cook, I guess. Fascinating. We should Look just, uh, gosh, I wish we had a commercial for a tiny home company because we're about to go to commercial. This would be so perfect. But and I can't make one up on the fly. In any event, yeah, that would be really good. Um, in any event, let's take a quick break. Listeners, will be right back with the last 20 minutes of Mortgage Matters. Stick around for the fun part. We're almost done. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. As a direct VA lender, we specialize in helping the great servicemen and women of the Central Coast utilize their benefit to purchase and refinance real estate. We thank you for your service and believe it's a distinct honor to serve you. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California DBO number 605-4783. NMLS number 328-358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. I'm not sure what we're listening to. <laughs> but, okay. Jeopardy. The what? Jeopardy. Jep- this isn't Jeopardy. Is this like yeah, the yeah, first yeah. Jeopardy? This is... Jeopardy. This, this is isn't... I've, I watch Jeopardy. Okay, this is not the Jeopardy. You need a light. Not the current theme. Give yeah, Jim the mic. Final Jeopardy. No, Final no, no. Jeopardy. Yeah. No. Do, 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 no. do, do. Well, yeah. This is a syncopated this is, clock. Okay. Yeah. This isn't the current Final Jeopardy oh, theme. Oh, well, music. maybe it isn't, but, you know, they've used it at some point. 16 minutes the till the show cuts <laughs> off. 16 minutes. <laughs> Done. Done. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is, I think so. I don't know. No, this is not the current. I, given what our <laughs> age demographic here that listens to this show, uh, there's someone out there that can corroborate my if you're idea. just tuning yeah. in right. you're listening to mortgage matters <laughs> on 920 so it or reminds 96.5. me of the yeah i thought we were listening to like some beauty in the yeah, beast you here when so, we did yeah you're you were waiting for garston or something <laughs> yeah like so anyway the candelabra hey, yeah. the candelabra comes all right in. back to the show yeah we're here with steve del martini steve the Riddler. he is a broker associate at patterson realty um, we're talking about issues that are being discussed at a state level, also a local level. Um, before we dive back in for the, you know, the final fifteen minutes of the Coup show. Last reminder that uh, tonight's the night we set our clocks ahead one hour. The phones just do it for you now. I have an old school you're, alarm you're, clock. You're, you're, you're I still <laughs> have to adjust my oven yeah, clock say your stove and the microwave clock and the coffee maker clock. Alexa, <laughs> switch the clocks. Alexa's been watching you. That's Do you all have all smart devices that all update off no. of Alexa? <laughs> We're going there. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Talk me. about right. tiny Not homes. Not me. Thank you very much. <laughs> talk about. Um, I think Alexa listens and looks, so I'm, just I'm a, out. Oh, I'm she's out. recording. I'm out on that, yeah. I'm with Steve on that one. Yeah, uh, I have a I have a man lair at my house. Speaking of ADUs and I additional don't know what properties, that means. I have. 
A man cave. Okay. Oh, a layer. Sorry. That uh. is actually a good delineation question. <laughs> that is a good delineation. There is a section of my house that's dedicated to uh, watching sports, chasing new beers, potentially playing poker or not playing poker. Um, yep. Doing sports-related competitions in the darts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's can you make ten of these catches in a row? Yeah, <laughs> stuff that I just turn off my brain and act like a dumb man. I do that okay. there. So for you that are, not, are listening and couldn't see, they do throw cups at a trash can in here and right get yeah. points or something. I'm yeah. not really sure. So yeah. anyway. Yeah, so this it's must who be gets a mandolier. Cl- too. <laughs> <laughs> a mandolier. That's a lot like a chandelier, but it's a it's mandolier. Made out of a, <laughs> it's made out of tobacco, and oil, and stuff. So tiny homes, right? Yeah, yeah, we were talking about tiny homes, I think, and I found the. Uh, oh, we got a caller. Oh my god, we got a call- saved by the we'll, caller. We'll, we'll take a caller instead. We've got Heather calling from Arroyo Grande. Good morning, Heather. Thanks for Good saving morning. us. Good morning. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm just wondering, and, and I'm sorry if I missed it today because I usually watch anyway. But um, tiny homes are they going to be qualified for any kind of a mortgage loan, or is that more of a vehicle loan? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and because of the nature of the property, they're considered personal property. They're they're not affixed to the land, so they are, you know, the the tiny homes are different from the accessory dwelling unit. Um, more like a travel trailer. Yeah, exactly. They're on wheels. They're more. They're a mobile okay. home essentially. They're a, they're a small version of a mobile home that can be rolled onto a, a you know a piece of of property, a residential single family home property. But they're not a fix. So they're they're governed by Department of Motor Vehicles as opposed to Department of Real Estate. Um, so they wouldn't be eligible for mortgage financing. Now there is mobile home financing that um, you know I. Don't know that they allow it quite yet, but I imagine as they as tiny homes become not more as popular, the that they might not as the sub property because they how would they take collateral on that? So, so Heather, the <laughs> other thing too, let me. This is this is Mike just chiming in. The other thing <laughs> is, uh, y- you know, what the beauty is. The flip side of that is that you also ha- won't have a reassessment of property tax value because there's no real improvement to the existing parcel or structure or property owned by you. So. Much like the county wants the fluidity to take the property away, you would also have the ability to move it in and move it out without getting reassessed by the county tax wow. assessor. And here's where I would probably sway you if you came into our office, mm-hmm. which we have five of them in the state, four in the county, is we would talk about the equity in your existing home. So we could do a, a second home equity line to finance the property. Um and or you could do cash out on your first mortgage to finance the tiny home because the direct tiny home financing i don't know that there's a lot out there for options because yeah. again the bank is going to give you a rate based on a couple things fico score collateral of the property and um you know basically how much you'd be willing to put down versus how much it costs so okay. you're just not going to get into that normal conversation you would with real estate because it's, and it's personal probably a lot property. of unknown still because it's a fairly new commodity. Sure, sure, that too. But, I mean, this show's about finance, believe it or not. We haven't talked about that much today, but we do. <laughs> I know, you've been, been well, all over this. But what about, would thank you, you, for you that have feedback. to license this annually if it's going to go off the property, would you think? Say that one more time. Would you have to license it, like a, a, a car license? You'd have Absolutely. to have a registration. Yeah, you're registering you it every year. Okay. 
through Department of Motor Vehicles. Now, the accessory dwelling unit is a different type of, of accessory unit on property. It's it's affixed to the ground, and it would be part of a reassessment, and it would be something that you could finance um, with a mortgage, you know, yeah. if it existed or if you're wanting to build it or whatever. It's something you could, you know, it, it is considered real property. So that accessory dwelling unit that's, that is affixed could be, you know, considered real property and rolled into a mortgage. Um, but the tiny home that's on wheels is personal property and not uh, financed by mortgage. Okay. He- Heather, thanks for calling in. That's a good question. Thank you. Goodbye, guys. All right. Have a great weekend. Um, so, so yeah. So segueing uh, into the auxiliary dwelling unit, you know, how does that play a factor, right, Dan? Well, so that's that's been something that has changed here just in the recent couple of years. Now, with at the state level, um, beginning January 1, 2017, ADUs are now considered essentially a, a private property right you're you're able every single family um or multi-family use property that contains an existing dwelling unit is allowed to have an accessory dwelling unit that does not exceed 50 percent of the existing living area and is max uh, and the maximum square footage of that accessory unit is 1200 square feet so those are the Allowances, And then it's also, there's a total prohibition against any local government from adopting an ordinance that, that would um, preclude the accessory dwelling units. So it's, it's a right now, state right, um, for private property ownership. We've got Barry calling from Morro Bay. Good morning, Barry. Yeah, hi. I just want to, you can answer me off the air, but sure. the question is, I have a variable interest loan on a commercial property, mm. and it just uh, dropped uh, half a point in interest rates, and I just wondered if you have any feeling for interest rate directions. It appears to me they're flattening out or maybe going down. Thank you. Do you know what yeah. your index is? Okay, Barry, are you still there? No, it's uh, yes, okay. I do. I do. The, uh, the index, uh, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's uh, it, it was a big commercial loan, and it went from five and three-quarter to five and a quarter, and I was hmm. quite surprised. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Thanks for the call, Barry. We appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think as far as direction of interest rates go, um, we believed that we were on an upward traje- trajectory there. We were anticipating as many as two or three rate hikes by the Fed this calendar year. Um, at their most recent meeting, however, they they gave many indications that they were backing off on on those rate hikes, that two is probably the most we'll see this year. But it even seems like maybe maintaining the current level of interest rates is the path that we're on in the short term. Yeah. Um, and they're really going to monitor economic um, data going forward to decide the direction. There's there's a higher likelihood right now of a rate cut than there is of of two rate hikes. Rate hike, yeah. Um, Steve, we are running out of time. Yes, we are. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about the housing summit that's coming up on March 22nd mm. here in our local community. Okay. And, and I will, but and, I want to go back to the ADU real quickly. In the city of San Luis Obispo, um, the, the, the state has its mandate. The city of San Luis Obispo uh, requires either the ADU or the existing structure to be owner-occupied. And I think that those are the types of things that are going to restrict some ADU development and I think the state is going to come back down and say that if you restrict or make it um, so that an ADU is not as desirable, then I think we're going to see another round from the state that's going to 
knock out some of the local ordinance stuff. So you oh. think the state wants the ADU to Very be open so. to... I think most municipalities for, do. Yeah. For they, rental purposes, right? Yes. To increase the the units right. so that we create a marketplace yeah. that's more renter-friendly. I was at a and, chamber advisory yeah, I could see that, board meeting... A, a chamber board advisory committee, whatever meeting in Morro Bay, and whatever we were, they we call were it. discussing it, whatever it was, it was some something where we meet and we talk that, about stuff. Um, it's official, <laughs> yeah, in the Mandalier. Mandalier. Um, we were talking about ADUs and how the city of Morro Bay is going through a process to update their general plan and zoning ordinance, ordinances right now, and one of the themes of the updates <laughs> is to make those accessory dwelling units easier. They're relaxing parking. Guidelines for accessory dwelling units. Um, obviously, you know it's allowed because mm-hmm. of the state mandate, mm-hmm. but they're they're relaxing some of the other components that would make it difficult to put an ADU on the property. So it seems like that's a theme throughout, whether it's at the state level, county level, city it, level, to relax those yeah. requirements. And it, it's pretty relaxed. It's mm-hmm. a great. I see it as a great opportunity for partnership with existing homeowners and the municipalities to increase rent, but also increase revenue. To that municipality, right? You're going to have reassessments. Sure. You're going to have building permit fees. Well, and it helps you keep your labor force local. You know the- that is a great point. It opens up the multimodal conversation more too. Like, do you need a car? You know, maybe you bike. Right. Okay, so the housing summit is coming up on March 22nd. Fortunately, I guess for us that that, that organize it, um, uh, it's sold out. But uh, we have Wade Horton as the city uh, county manager. He's going to moderate it, and we have. Uh, Senator uh, Scott Weiner coming in, mm-hmm. who is a huge housing advocate in the state, and uh, we'll have a reappearance, at least by acknowledgement of Sonia Trous, that was our um, keynote speaker last year. She's in Northern California and is a YIMBY. So uh, it's, it's going to be a dynamite program. Um, look forward to next year because we'll have another one, I'm sure. Yeah, and, it's it's a great event. Um, even if you're not directly in the industry, I'd say go, but it's already sold out. Yeah, we sold out in three and a half weeks, which was basically the fastest we've sold any of them out. Yeah, and, and it's all kinds we need of bigger. industry. You can probably get venue. some resales on StubHub or something, right? Is that? I don't, no, I don't no. know. StubHub, StubHub <laughs> is an application, Steve, that you can oh, go on your phone. Oh, I didn't know you didn't know what that He's was. He's just used to scalpers. He just like, yeah, we'll just, just get scalp. down there early. We'll yeah. just get down there early, yeah. get a ticket. Yeah, he, Carry fifty bucks, you can get a ticket. Grab a hot dog. Yeah. Grab a hot dog at the yeah. show. Yeah, got one. <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, it's kind of like the miracle at a fish show or something. Got one. <laughs> right. You know, Jason would get that. No, right. Right. Fish show. Or dead. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. DSO. Yeah. Or whatever they are now. Yeah. Okay. Where so are we at with time, Jimbo? Three minutes. Two minutes. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to give you a closing thought here because you guys probably have to wrap this up somehow. But it's a riddle. It is a riddle. How many? Marbles are in your head. Um, <laughs> eight pounds. Eight pounds, two ounces, and 64 puries. Were that marbles? Were called puries? Or that cat eyes? Okay, so um, I'm going to give you this. It's, it, it, it's something that um, I, I, I think is recognized or needs to be recognized by everybody that's, that's a professional in any in, in industry is have confidence and believe in yourself and probably most important is leadership isn't for cowards. So mm. anyway, those are my parting thoughts. Profound. Thank there you, you Steve. Like Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, I like that. Man, yeah. I wish we had more time. I want to talk about some of those things. Yeah. But we don't. But, yeah. well, you know, we're... I don't know if people want me back for a while. But... <laughs> well, you've definitely given everyone something to think about. And we appreciate you joining us on the show on uh, on a Saturday, taking time out of your day to 
keep us surprised what's going on at the state level and local level as well. We always enjoy your uh, your participation well, in the show. I, I enjoy being here, and I, I, I cherish your company. Good guys. And Mike, thank you for uh, for joining us here today. Um, you want to? We do You want to do the closeout here? Yeah. I want to let you. Uh, take anyone the anyone stage. listening today has has um, the ability to contact any of our locations by dialing one number. That's eight zero five five four three loan. That's eight zero five five four three five six two six. Also, check us out on the web at centralcoastlending dot com. We've got a great website that allows you to look up articles, stay in touch with us, find a loan officer in your area, contact us directly, and most of all, I think we believe in a partnership with our clientele you know you don't have to be ready to buy a house tomorrow but you need to be ready to have a real conversation about buying a house with us and we're ready to help you get into that discussion so your taxes are due it's 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 a new year come and sit down with us at mortgage matter or excuse me at at central coast lending and thank you for listening to mortgage matters stick around next week we'll be back with another live show okay guys have a great weekend